in racing. Safety comes first, and today safety is more important than ever. Introducing Sanicor by Silverthorne Industries, the safe and powerful way to stay protected. Sanicor offers hand sanitizer and bottles are convenient single-use packs. Safe, powerful, Sanicor. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey everybody, Joe Costello. We are back. WFO. We got our NHRA podcast rolling in the season. It's over. Not quite over, but the Camping World Drag Racing Series season is over. We got champions to talk about. We got race winners to talk about. The Dodge NHRA Finals out there at the Strip in Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, going to break it all down for us coming up seconds from now. He's out there in Vegas somewhere, and I'm a little envious, honestly, a little little envious, but uh, hey, it is what it is. But I want to shout out to the people who make it all possible here uh, on WFO Radio, talking about Total Seal Piston Rings. Got some really cool stuff happening with Total Seal coming up. Of course, the Hidden Horsepower podcast, but if you're an engine builder and you're in any form of racing, Total Seal Piston Rings, those are the ones you're going to want to use. Give Keith Jones a call or the guys over there, TotalSeal.com. And SamTech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Something cool that's happening, Judson Massengill, Judd from SamTech, the uh, the guy who founded SamTech, is going to be a guest on the Total Seal Hidden Horsepower podcast. So talk about, like, synergy among WFO radio sponsors. It's really cool. Uh, Aaron Stanfield goes on and wins five in a row to conclude the SamTech Factory Stock Showdown season. He's got SamTech grads on on his team, Coloner. So why would you not want to start your career off right by going to samtech.edu? And Marvin Rodak, Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com, hot sauces and spice rubs and everything good. That is Rodak's. That's how I start every day, with some freshly ground Rodak's coffee. And I'm fortunate, don't get me wrong, I've got a couple of different flavors that I like to mix it up depending on what I have to do that day. Like, do I need a lot of energy? Let's go highly caffeinated, bang the blower, drag racing-themed blend or otherwise, plus the habanero endorphin booster hot sauce and the tonsil tickler and all these great things that he's got coming out of Rodax, 817-924-6821. And Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. Oh, here's a news alert. News alert. The November 20th Dragster Adventure has been rescheduled. They're just going to do it in March. And so if you were planning, and I know a lot of our listeners had reached out to me about that uh, that November date. Uh, it is now off the books. The November date is gone, but gives you some opportunity to plan for next year. FrankHawley.com. Learn to drive a dragster. Get your top alcohol license. Go on the dragster adventure. Who knows? Maybe you'll be the next drag racing champion. And really appreciate all those folks, plus NitroFishRacing.com. That's where you get our gear, NitroFish.com. And Silverthorn Industries, SantaCoreUSA.com for what I find to be the best of the hand sanitizers. I'm keeping it with me at all times. And staying healthy as best as I can. Doing a great job. If you're out there on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, put a comment in the comment section, your questions and thoughts and comments about the race. We're going to get it to it with this man, the voice of the NHRA, who is in a darkened room somewhere. He's being held captive somewhere in Vegas. They're going to put a hole in the desert. Alan Reinhardt. What's up, AR? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. No, I'm not uh, I'm not being held captive. I just, it was so backlit behind me. Came on a couple minutes early and was trying to do a camera thing, and it was just so backlit behind me. It was easier to close the curtain. But no, all is uh, all is well. You know, you uh, talk about Frank Hawley. Do you know who one of the most recent graduates of Frank Hawley's drag racing school is? Hmm. I don't know. Tony, 
Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. Yeah, he was down there a couple weeks ago, made a bunch of runs in super comp cars, actually uh, completed the licensing there, and then made some hits in a uh, top uh, top alcohol car. Uh, he's looking to, you know, as we talked about, it, he's looking to um, just wants to wants to try driving a top fuel car. Doesn't want to race, doesn't want to start a team, doesn't want to, he just wants to experience that. And he's working his way up to it. He didn't want to just jump in and, and you know, look stupid or feet and I had dinner with him last week, and he was kind of telling me about the experience. He also called me out for calling him out. So, Oh, really? Do you want to tell Sorry, that story, funny. too? You can tell, like, if we're doing all this name-dropping, we might as well loop in WFO as well. Well, it was it was just kind of funny. Uh, we had dinner on Thursday night, and we, we'd been trying to do it forever. Tony Stewart and I, just stupid coincidence, we share the same birthday. And so we'd been trying to get together for a birthday dinner for a long time. And finally, between uh, Tammy Bandemir and... Leah Pruitt, they were able to put this thing together. And so we uh, we had dinner in Vegas. And I asked him, I said, so I said, when are you going to do this top fuel thing? And he said, well, according to you, I'm doing it Monday this week. And I went, oh, you heard that, huh? Well, of course I heard it. Said, you know, Leah pays attention. And so I was listening to the show. And, and he said, but it wasn't, wasn't going to happen Monday this week. He's basically said, you know, not ready yet. He wants to make a couple more runs in an alcohol car. And again, he wants to, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to get in. And look foolish. He doesn't want to get in and do something silly. He wants to, uh, you know, get, feel comfortable before he gets in the car, and then uh, we'll go from there. But I, it's it's definitely going to happen. He's pretty excited about it. He just wants to take the right steps to do it. And you know, for for a guy like him, who you know, obviously he's got the means. He could he could just call somebody, go bring your dragster, I'm driving it tomorrow. Um, but understand that you know this is something that you don't just jump in and do. This is something you work up to. And uh, I, I just think that's cool. And I think it's going to be cool when he gets in it. I think it'll be, uh, it'll be an experience he certainly won't forget. And that's why so many people subscribe to WFO Radio Podcast and watch the show by appointment on 1, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Because you just you never know what kind of great quality information you're going to get. A few weeks ago, we did entertain the rumor. Like, wow, this is out there. Interesting. And um, uh, just imagine. You just never know who's out there watching. Now, one thing we do know about Tony Stewart is he's no dummy. And for many right. years, I, I've been interviewing him off and on when doing something in the NASCAR world. And, of course, I'm always trying to promote drag racing as best as I can uh, just to get a thought or a hint. He's always said he would love to do it. He loves the idea of going 300 miles an hour. But for a guy like Tony to make sure he's ready and can enjoy it and do it well— that should be a lesson for everyone out there. If Tony Stewart is going through the appropriate systems checks to make sure he's ready, everybody should do that if you have aspirations to go really, really fast. And that's great. And the whole Tony and Leah thing. Wow, that broke this past weekend, too. Who knew? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those those two had been spending some time together, but they've been keeping it kind of low-key. You know, now, uh, now that it's publicly out there, right? Good for them. They, they really seem to have a good time together. They enjoy each other's company. God bless them. I know Leah better than I know Tony, obviously. I, you know, Tony's like, you know, NASCAR star and everything. And But Leah, I can say that I've got, got to hang out with Leah a few times. And she, you know, great person. A lot of fun. Intense competitor. Had a great year. I think that's uh, going to be very interesting. And it's now, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You got, you got Graham, Ray Hall, and Courtney Force. That's a pretty big power couple when it comes to motorsports, but what? They're dating. They're spending some time together. Yeah, don't, power couple. don't have a married and starting a family. I'm not talking I, about family. No. I'm talking about like Brangelina, like power couple, like J-Lo and A-Rod, like power couple, 
Like this is a, a motorsports power couple is what it is. Am I going too far? That's yeah, what I'm supposed to break, sir, Joe. All right. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, who knows what will happen? Who knows what will happen down the road? But for right now, just pump the brakes. And you cannot combine their names. Like, that's something that just doesn't work with Tony and Leah. It just doesn't work. So they should okay. be thanking. I know, see you're working on it. Don't bother. There's no reason to do it. All right, let's talk about the race, the final race. Alan, before we get into specific results and champions and championships, just the fact that we were able to complete the 2020 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season, and we started and we finished, and it will go in the history books as a season. I think that is a victory. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I, I applaud very strongly the people that made it happen. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I mean, I'm I'm not part of the logistics. I'm not part of the planning. I'm not part of any of that stuff. I show up and go to work when it's time to show up and go to work. But I just, I can't help but think about everybody that, you know, in March or in April, they should just pull the plug. Yep. Or, you know, Indy will be the last race. Or, you know, they're never going to do this. Or they're never going to do that. Or they're gonna... And for NHRD to persevere and to work with all the people they had to, whether it was local, whether it was state, whether it was to make it happen. Um, and I, I think it, it was a Herculean effort, you know, to come into Las Vegas. We were the first sporting event in Las Vegas to have fans since the pandemic started, the first. And I think that's a big deal. You know, the fact that Chris Powell and, and Jeff Foster and the guys at Las Vegas worked with everybody they had to, whether it's local, whether it's state authorities, to you know, what do we need to do? What protocols need to be in place? How do we have to make this happen? We had a limited number of fans. We weren't allowed to pack the place, but we did put fans in the stands. And, you know, for NHRA, we've been adamant from the word go. We will not race in an empty stadium. You know, we If we can't sell full capacity, that's fine. Tell us what we can do because we are not going to go out and compete in an empty stadium. We need our fans there. They're part of the program. They're part of the experience. And the fact that we were able to do it, uh, I haven't heard any negative feedback about it, and I think that's great. So hopefully, uh, you know, NHRA would be the first step in having Nevada open up a little bit more to more sporting events and having some fans come in. And, you know, nobody's ready to put 50,000 people in a stadium packed shoulder to shoulder yet. But you got to start somewhere. Right. And they started at the strip of Las Vegas with the National Highlight Association. And uh, I think NHRA should be very proud of that because it was a lot of effort. And especially after NASCAR was told no, what, a month ago or six weeks ago, a month ago, I guess, it would have been real easy for NHRA to just go, that's it, throw in the towel. We'll call, call Houston the end of the year and go on. But they didn't want to do that. You know, we wanted to come out here. We wanted to have our fans here. We wanted to run as many races as we could possibly run in the season. And so it was uh, it was quite an effort to make it happen. And uh, they should be proud of a job well done. They should. And you're wearing the NHRA logo right now, but I am not. And so uh, you don't have to join me in this. But I'm going to shake my fist at all of those people who spent so much of our time and misinformed so many fans spreading the rumors that after the Indy race it was over and after the U.S. Nationals it was over and after the Gator Nationals it was over and they were definitely not going to do it and they needed to park them boys and the teams and just generally unnecessarily created all of this angst 
in an area where we're already kind of raw with uh, the pandemic and our jobs and everything. We looked to drag racing as an escape for fans and as a business for so many crew guys. Think of the bonus checks that got written. Maybe not for as much as they once were, but that's money that was flowing. And so many people out there, not none of which in the WFO audience, because our people are like good, well-thought-out, deep thinkers, but so many people out there on the Internet really did spread a lot of misinformation that was flat out wrong and that's that's not a good thing and you should really be ashamed of yourselves folks when i when i become the czar of the world i have uh this this is how i think it should work okay if you have an anonymous source great yes if if i say okay here's the deal wfo radio is going to go nationwide i have this on good authority i got an anonymous source i'm leaking the story i'm breaking the story uh wfo radio is going to go on television we're going to be on broadcast tv next week we're going to be you know prime time on fox that's that's the deal i got an anonymous source i can't tell you who but just trust me on this i got a guy who knows if it happens then i was the guy that broke the story my anonymous source if it doesn't happen yes I should be forced to reveal my source. It's like, if you just flat blatantly lied to us, tell us who the liar is. Right. Because it's as simple as that. You know, and if I'm if I'm getting my information, um, you know, if I'm getting my information from Geo and it turns out that it's right, well, then I'm protecting my source. You know, I gave you good information. I gave you a heads up on what was happening. I, but if you go through all of this, whether it's ink, whether it's print, whether it's bandwidth, and it turns out to just be a crock, then I should be able to say, I should be forced to say, Geo's a guy who lied. That's where it came from. If you want to, you know, if you want to take somebody to the woodshed, it's going to be him. And I love that Geo's the liar. Even here on NHRA Nitro, Geo's the liar. <laughs> like out of nowhere, he gets dragged in, and it's so appropriate because he missed last oh, night's it's show. It's like all these guys, right? I got a good, I got a good source at John Force Racing that told me this is what's going to happen. If it happens, okay, you got a good source. If it doesn't, identify the liar. I mean, it's as simple as that, because well, either you made it up and you're lying or somebody's lying to you and identify the liar. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A lot of uh, anguish and just negative energy. I was allowed to understand a lot of it. People coming to me, asking me, asking about their families. Is this it? What am I going to do? I don't got to plan ahead because of those stories. And so, all right, let's let it go. Things happen in the past. Things happen. But the next time that here we find ourselves in a similar situation, not necessarily a pandemic, but people, you know, spreading information. This is it. This is the end. They're not going to do it. They're going to pull the plug. Everybody's fired. That kind of deal. Let's remember this situation and all the people that passed along just stuff that turned out to not be true. Whatever it was. I have an inspirational quote on the front of my toolbox that has probably been there for 30 years. I don't even remember where it came from, but I just thought that's cool. Grabbed a piece of paper, stuck it on the front of my toolbox, and it's still there. And it says, the great pleasure in life is doing what people say you can't do. And, you know, for all these guys, you know, their NHRA should do this. This is the deal. This is the deal for them to just keep their head down, keep moving forward, and prove those people all wrong, I think, is, uh, I think is a tremendous amount. Absolutely. And get served a negative situation by losing mellow yellow and filling the spot with something that is positive and energetic within like 20 days. Um, what an amazing accomplishment. I've never been more proud 
uh, of the way things were handled during this difficult time. You know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And I think NHRA drag racing just showed that not only can they weather difficult storms, but they can uh, maybe even get better during them. So we'll see how things go. And the downside is we got five months till the next race, Alan. So let's talk about this race and these championships, starting off with Top Fuel. Steve Torrance wins his third consecutive Top Fuel World Championship in our WFO group, which we've got like 900 people in the WFO group. And it's kind of just a constant running conversation about funny things or people posting, you know, weird memes or good pictures. It's just it's user driven content in the group. Um, I, I asked a poll question like which of the championship stories is most enticing to you? The Steve three in a row. That's rare air in top fuel land it's it's uh, amazing antron wins the the race over steve we'll talk about that but just speak on that now that it's official steve torrance spotting the field a race no less is able to go out there and win it again and dominate i was actually thinking about i've got a national dragster column coming up and i was thinking about themes for that and this is one of them that i'm I'm kicking around i haven't uh, haven't completely decided yet but who had the most impressive season okay and from however you want to face it. Uh, you know, Aaron Stanfield went in five consecutive. That's pretty strong. Uh, Don Schumacher sweeping funny car. That's pretty strong. Steve Torrance entered 10 top fuel races and raced in the final seven times. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yes. When you look at the quality of cars that are out there, the level of competition that's out there, it's ridiculous. And the fact that he came back and won. And then, you know, his father finished third. You know, and he also skipped that first race. So, you know, the you could make I think you could make a strong argument that uh, that Torrance Racing had the most impressive. And I'm not saying it's fact. I'm just saying you could make a strong argument that Torrance Racing had the most impressive season out there. Um, you know, there's there's conversation on a lot of sites, but uh, that's that's pretty impressive stuff. And you know, it was heartbreaking for Doug to go out early in the day, and so that kind of sealed the fate for Steve. Uh, and then you know he goes on and almost ran the table. He was, uh, I don't know if he lost concentration in the final, what the deal was, but, you know, at that point, the main goal had been accomplished. And I don't think the sting of getting beat on a whole shot in the final was nearly as bad because the main goal had been accomplished. And then, of course, because it was Antron that was in the other lane, and we all know how, to, how close those were. Uh, absolutely. Very happy for Antron. A couple of comments this uh, gentleman's uh, getting out of here. Just wanted to say hats off to Cruz and team for fighting through some very tough couple of weeks as well. And I, you know, I, I concur on that and just continuing to track the story and, and let the authorities do their thing. But yes, Cruz and Nick and uh, Melissa and that whole team over there, uh, the Snap-on team, they they uh, they handled themselves with class in a very difficult situation. They got through to the end, and that's all you well, can say. Very tough. There, there was more that happened this week, but we'll talk about that when we get to funny, Carlos. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Antron and Steve-O in the final round. Um, great racing throughout, uh, but Steve, you know, he does what he does. He gets through Kevin Kinsley, Troy Buff, and Justin Ashley. Uh, Justin takes down Leah. Leah takes down the Greek. Let's just talk about the Greek. That was it. The final final run for Chris Caramassini's, and I saw that guy as a kid. I was 10, and he was an old guy then. 
the idea that I got to watch him race in person so many times, like I'm like I'm proud that the Greek is a drag racer and I think he represents us well. But I also think that he's doing the right thing because it's a two for now. Like we get to celebrate his career and the next wave of Greek uh, is going to get some opportunities, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, it'll be fun when uh, when Krista gets in the car. I don't know how many events she's planning on doing, what the what the plan is for next year, but I think it'll be cool. Uh, I felt pretty honored to be the one that called his last run, uh, even though you know he ended up uh, on the short side of the thing. But uh, no, I've been same thing. I've been watching him as long as I can remember, uh, and it was just kind of an honor to be able to, to be the guy who called his last run. You know, you mentioned Leah being the one to to beat him, and then she ends up getting taken out by Justin around later. Part of me has to wonder, and I honestly believe Steve would have won the championship. Okay, the way that car was running, the way that team was performing, and again, you look back at what he's done the last four years, right? It was not like flashing the pan stuff. I honestly believe he would have won the championship. But I can't help but wonder if Leah does not have St. Louis, where she ends up. I mean, she ended up fourth, which is still her career best finish in the points. But it's the same thing when you look at, you know, everybody points at what happened to Steve in Dallas four years ago. And with a, you know, well, he automatically would have won the championship. Well, you don't know that, but you'd like to be able to see how it would have played out. And, you know, if Leah's car doesn't fly away and she wins that round, it would have been very interesting to see how it played out. You know, would she have finished second? Would she have actually challenged and potentially won the championship? But it's just, uh, she still had a career year. And it's, it's amazing to me, of course, because, you know, the Florence family was a bunch of trophy hogs. You're trophy hogs. That's what you are. They are. Uh, that Leah could have the year that she had and have the performance that she had and not win a race. That's just astonishing. She's no joke. And we've known this for oh. a while. She's no joke. Leah is going to have her time. And, uh, you know, Don, reading some uh, interviews with Don, like she's in place. She hustles. She's got great social media. And uh, Leah is no joke. She will have her time. Her, her, her racing career seems to have stabilized. She's been through a tough. That was a tough uh, deal. The way I choose to look at it is when she got out of that wreck on her own two feet and got to talk about it and jump back in the car the next week, that's the win right there because that was pretty, pretty nasty. Uh, I'm just eager to see her uh, again because that car was running well. They were able to step on it when they wanted to. So it's going to be exciting. But in the final round, it's Antron, right? Brian Karate comes back over to the team, and this was going to be the year, and they were going to go, and they were going to contend against Steve, and that didn't materialize. But this is maybe a look into what we see next year. Like, who, who, which among you has what it takes to rival the Capco team? Is it you, Tony Schumacher? Is it you, Antron Brown? And Antron Brown, they had a great race day. They go to the final round. He beats Steve. I feel like... The edge was totally off for Steve. Won the championship. He's racing his buddy. It's like, come on. How do you bring a hardcore edge into that matchup? So he missed the tree and Antron wins. But I'm really excited that AB, man, AB is back. Yeah, you can uh, you can put my name right at the top of the list if you want of people that are surprised it took that long because the core group was still there. You know, Mark Oswald and, and Brad Mason and the guys that work on that car and were still. And when Brian left, they certainly lost some of their performance edge. And I mean, that's you know, that's no secret. I can show you facts for days. And I really believe that when Brian came back, I wasn't like, OK, well, you know, second run out of the box, they're going to set the world record and they're going to they're going to run the table. But I was surprised it took them as long as it did to find their way into the winner's circle because they've had still 
an okay car. I mean, no offense, but I think they tell you the same thing. It hasn't been great. It's been okay. It, there's been some flashes of greatness, and it just seems like it took longer than I expected it to for them to get back in the groove. But I do think that this win is going to be a whole lot of motivation for five months back in the shop uh, when they're all getting geared up and ready to go. And, you know, like Alan Johnson said 100 years ago, you win the races at the shop. The only reason you go to the track is to prove that you've been doing the work at the shop. And so those guys now are motivated and they're focused. And I think that uh, I think they're going to be a, a real force next year. Very exciting. Congratulations to Torrance Racing and Mama Kay and Billy and Steve and that whole team. Uh, we expect to have Steve back on the show as champion. Antron Brown as race winner either later this week or next week. The good news is we've got five months to catch up with race winners and champions, and we're going to speak with everybody. Got some really good stuff planned. If you're out there watching on Facebook or YouTube, you know, start a watch party, share the show, uh, put it out there in some drag racing groups because we're really just getting started. All right, talk about Funny Car. That was pretty interesting. Cap- the fact that you yes. can make – the fact that you can make we've got five months off sound like it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> we got five months off. By February, we're going to be stumbling down the stretch. I will have explored. Yeah. We'll have all kinds of crazy happy hour guests. It will be nutso. But, again, I'm just happy we got through it. Funny Car was really uh, interesting in that, you know, Cap's number one qualifier. And before that happened, and you're going to have to refresh my memory, but I was watching on an HRA.TV in the qualifying show. It was pretty much laid out that, like, Matt would run Jack and Tommy would run the winner and we would have known they would have all raced each other uh, by second round. And then it got shuffled and that went away. And I was a little disappointed, right? I was like, ah, bummer. But uh, Caps goes out there, gets number one, is able to go to the final round. But Caps had to run Cruz first round. Talk about that. You were going to mention that. Well, I mean, you know, we all have heard the Eric Lane story by now. And, you know, the investigation is ongoing, uh, trying to figure out just exactly what happened there because something out of the ordinary happened. Yes. But then coming in here, um, a couple of cruises guys tested positive for COVID. And that basically puts the whole team out of commission because they've been hanging out together. So they have to quarantine. And Cruz was in mad scramble mode trying to find experienced people that he trusted to come work on his car this weekend. I mean, it would have been real easy for him at that point to just throw in the towel, right? Okay. I get it. You don't want me to race this year. Okay, God, I'm going home, whatever. Yes. But that's just not Cruz. He's not passing. You know, he's he's not going to quit just because the road gets a little rocky. And then the tow vehicle gets totaled here in Vegas. Oh, man. I mean, literally, some guy comes blasting through a red light, slams into the side of it. And so he loses his tow vehicle early in the week. And, you know, and again, just one more thing that's got to be dealt with. But uh, you know, the fact that they did get people in place. They were able to come up with another tow vehicle. They were able to make it so they could come out here and, and be a part of the show. they the last race of the year. I think there shows the perseverance, you know, when, when you know what Cruz has been through and he and I have had a couple of moments over the years where we've, you know, not seen eye to eye on stuff, but uh, always at the end of it, you know, we've always sat down and it's been the same thing. You know, I tell him, I have a ton of respect for you for what you do, for what you've done, for what you've accomplished and for what you're continuing to do. And, you know, he has told me basically the same thing. He respects the job that I do and appreciates what I do. That doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. And that's that's fine. You know, that if everybody agreed on everything, that would be stupid. You know, you, and I think, I think that it's kind of a test of whatever, respect or friendship or something, 
that you can have a moment of even strong disagreement, but still, you know, move forward and go, hey, look, we're not going to agree on everything. That doesn't mean that I don't have a ton of respect for what you do and what you've been through and what you're going through now. So uh, it was just, it was a very difficult last three weeks for that team. And, you know, for everybody that's looking forward to putting 2020 behind them, I don't think anybody's looking forward to it more than Chris. Yes, well, exactly. And thinking about Eric Lane, and I still, every day, I, I think, like, there's just the thought, a couple of points during the day, like, like this is just the worst ever. But Ron Caps, Ron Tobler, those guys, like, like love him. And then he goes to Cruz. And so those guys got to race each other first round. And I know everybody wanted to get a win for him before the, the season was out. Caps is able to go through JR and then end uh, Tommy's season uh, on other uh, areas of the ladder. Matt Hagan goes through Terry Haddock, Paul Lee, and Alexis to get to the final round. Uh, you know, Jack Beckman, uh, unfortunate in the first round out to Paul Lee, who was just brutal with that 393 but paul is going to be one of those guys that gets a win uh next year you would think uh they've got a good hot rod but sets up the final round hagan ends up as champ caps and hagan and i'm thinking to myself and i never root i don't root whichever story is the best story but i really felt like man if caps and tobe could bring one home for eric wow that would be good medicine but it wasn't meant to be massive explosion and uh you know Dickie and Matt Hagen, like they were the strongest on the season. The right guys won. Like in the end, when you think about it, the way it all worked out, they won the race, they won the championship. They were there all year long, had one of the best cars, and Hagen is now a three time champion. Yeah, it was a pretty impressive show by those guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ron Caps had no chance in the final round because the number one qualifier. I mean, yeah. The one oh, qualifier yeah. hadn't won all year. Right. The jinx. And uh, yeah, when I was. Uh, when, when we were doing going through the final qualifying, and I mentioned you know where the ladder stood, and, you know this guy, these guys are all in the same quad. By the semifinals, everybody will have raced everybody, and that'll be the way to decide it. And I was rooting for it, and then you know Tommy went and ruined it because Tommy's a big old ruiner. Yeah, and you said that you like you ruined it. it. Like the play, the call was you ruined it, which made me laugh. Uh, I thought it was funny. It actually made Don Schumacher come up in the tower afterwards, and, and he said the same thing. He said he, he laughed out loud when I said it. He said, but he said, those guys, every run, every round, they're going for everything they can get. They're competitive. It's, you know, it's the same thing. You know, last week when uh, um, Jack Beckman, I think, was uh, in a favorable position. You know, he's got Ron Caps is going to run Matt Hagen first round, and, it, and they went out there and went to the number one spot, which meant now, you know, Hagen didn't have to run Ron Caps first round. Jack did. And you know, when I talked to him, I said, I'm not sure that was the smartest thing you ever did. And he said, we went and got three points. He said, we needed those three. Matt got the three in the first place. We went, and he said, we ain't scared of anybody. I don't care who we have to race for a round. We wanted those three points and we got them. Well, it turned out it didn't work out the way they would have dreamed it. But, uh, you know, those guys are all just competitive. They go out there every race and every round and just try to do whatever they can do. And, you know, they Apparently don't pay enough attention to me, so I have to work <laughs> on that. That'll give me something to do in the next five months. I'm going to put down a, uh, you know, a comprehensive plan for how I can get people to listen to me when we're qualifying, and, and I have a plan in place, and so they don't. Ruin yeah, it. just lock it down. Like that should be it. Like the announcer's lock. Like I've decided to end I, qualifying right now. It's too good. I think also that uh, we need to, you know, give a, a shout out, a tip of the cap to Alexis. You know, for, in St. Louis, they had that tremendous explosion. They come back in Dallas and had that tremendous fire. 
And then they came back and went to the semifinals of the last two races, had a really good race car, um, you know, had an opportunity to get to the final twice and it didn't pan out, but that was a pretty big turnaround. And I think, you know, going into the winter break, long winter break this time that, uh, you know, those guys are, they're, they're on the right track and they've got, uh, they got some motivation to keep moving forward. I spoke to Alexis on Sunday night, I bumped into her and uh, she felt exactly the same way. She said, you know, hate season's ending. We feel like right now we're starting to hit our stride a little bit. We're getting, got some of that bad luck behind us and, and just hated the fact that you know not going to be back on track in, in competition anyway for uh, for quite a while for five months oh my gosh jerron is out there saying i may be late but are the rumors true about alan not coming back next year so speaking of starting rumors what rumor was that i think it's a joke i think it's a sarcastic joke based on what we were talking about earlier well you know you never know could, right yeah you got to survive the next five could, run, uh, five months the number one could meet some rich billionaire that uh, you know wants to keep an old fat bald boy toy, and uh, that might be it for me. Yeah. See ya. Well, so I've got I've got fifty names that I want to drop. Obviously, they're all dudes, but I'm not going to do that to you, Alan. So let's. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I love going to work in the morning. I love getting up and going to work in the morning, and I'm not going anywhere. Or chase me out of town with a doozy or something. Jerron says we heard in Vegas that you were retiring. I haven't heard that. No. No chance. No chance. Exactly. Who, Do you not? Who'd know you hear it from? Okay, we're we're back to the who'd you hear it from? Who's your source, Jerron? If it's Jerron? true, you get to you get to protect your source. But if it's not true, then you should tell us who the liar is. Alan, is it true? It's not true. Oh, there it is. Reveal the source, Jerron. Reveal the source. <laughs> like it is. We're in a confrontation here on the show. Um, let's see. Uh, great job this year in the midst of all things 2020. Michael Heiner out there. I'd, uh, agree. I'd like to have a few more races. We made progress with the new car. Yeah, I'd like to have a few more races. And look, it's Angie Smith. Oh, she says, uh, liar. 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 How about Angie? We'll get to Angie. Uh, Don't jump ahead. We're going to get to Angie uh, up ahead. I do want to commend Alexis. Everybody wants to come back and, and just have whatever it is that they're doing work immediately, but it is a process, and they, I think they worked their process very well. That 393 in the second round, like their program looking good. Uh, in the end, Dickie Venables, Matt Hagen, Don Schumacher racing. And so just to not to put too fine a point on it, but they swept the funny car season 11 for 11 and won the last two top fuel races. So that's, what, 13 wins on the season? Someone was asking me for DSR. That's a pretty good little year for the Don. Yeah, it really is. And I think before we uh, put Funny Car to bed, we ought to um, say something about the giving cars, the fact that you know, those two sponsorships uh, have come to an end now. I put a little bit of pencil to paper, and I don't have the note right in front of me, but actually, I might be able to find it. Let me see. Look if, if I do this, am I still on camera? Yes. You're still, on, I still camera. on camera. I still see you. Okay. Yes. Um, for those two cars, 292 races, 447 round wins, 77 final rounds, 31 wins. And the amount of goodwill and the amount of hope and the amount of awareness and just all the great things they did, whether it was for Make-A-Wish families, whether it was for veterans, whether it was for the Riley Children's Hospital or later the MD Anderson Center, I don't think you could put. I don't think you could put any kind of a value on that. It was just tremendous. Uh, it's great that you know, 
know, Terry started the program. Doug decided to continue it after she passed. And I'm, I'm sad to see it end, but I'm grateful that we had it as long as we did. And I think that, uh, you know, both those cars, teams, drivers uh, did an outstanding job representing the organizations that were on the side of their car, even though they weren't sponsored by them. But I think the representation representation you gave them was astounding. I agree. I agree. And was one of my most, uh, you know, I shared in the pride. Like, I had nothing to do with it. But when I got to tell the story on the walking tours and such, uh, you could see people's faces light up when you explain the story. Like, hey, this is something that's really good and positive that's happening in and amongst drag racing. And uh, that, can be, that, that, that speaks to people. People get that when you go out of your way to try to do something good. Uh, and do something you love while doing it. So great stuff. By the way, everybody, uh, you know, this is the big radio style tease. Alan does look like he is sitting in a darkened room, and that may be true. But at some point on this show, he will show you the back patio at the day's end he is staying on. Right, Alan? Like we're going to give him the tour, tour of the, the parking lot and the, the uh, what is that? Yeah, it's a you, dumpster where your car is parked? You, you can kind of see the pool. Kind of, kind from of, where I am. Kind of, exactly. It's like one of those kind places of. Chevy Chase stayed in in the movie Vacation at some point. But we'll get to that later, so you got to stick around to the very end and start a, start a watch party. Let's move on to Pro Stock, where, speaking of huge championship historic accomplishments, I'm thinking about Erica. Back-to-back twice, four championships, and she goes on and wins the final race. GA was the number one qualifier, but uh, Erica Enders who has been locked in for a while now, goes on, runs Kid Chaos in the final round, really happy that the week after Aaron Stanfield gets his first win, another of the next wave, the next generation of pro stock stars, Kyle Koretsky, is able to announce to the world that his presence is uh, should be known. While at the same time yeah. saying goodbye to Jag and Jason and Bo, uh, we're, we're seeing this turnover in pro stock, and Erica is leading the way as champ. When the second round was completed and you sat there and looked at the ladder and I mentioned it, I said, either Christian Quadra or Kyle Koretsky is going to race for a trophy. And that's just cool. I mean, again, two young guns, two next generation guys. Uh, and one of them was going to get a shot, uh, ended up being Kyle and he ended up going red in the final. But, uh, you know, for Christian Quadra, that, that car hasn't necessarily been running at the front. He's been doing a good job driving it. And I think that I think that, you know, guys need to come up and quit taking him lightly. And I'm not saying that's what Jason did, but he was way late in round number one. Yes. And that ended, you know, not only his championship hopes for this year, but you know, his, his career according to him, uh, on a huge hole shot. And you know, Jaggy also losing on a hole shot, not quite as blatant as uh, as what Jason's was, but you know, going down to Aaron Stanfield and and I actually said at the time, I said, on your COVID-19 bingo card, who had Jag and Jason both getting beat on a hole shot first round? I mean, that's ridiculous. But that's the way it went down. And when you look at, you know, Jag Coffin has got over 100 hole shot wins in his career, way more than any other pro driver ever. And to think that his last run down the racetrack was on the losing end of a hole shot um, to, you know, up and coming young gun is, is just amazing to me. But the competition level has really got to the point of pro stock looks to me like the single most important part of the pro stock car right now might be the driver's left foot. And that's, isn't that what we love about pro stock? Isn't that what it's supposed to be about? Thinking about Aaron Stanfield gets his first pro stock round win against Jeg, gets his first pro stock win against Jeg, and then beats Jeg first round in Jeg's final race. Jeg has said, I think he's going to run some pro stock races, just not 
full time for points. Jason has, from what I understand, he's done, done, but you can always change your mind. Like, that's the thing. Nobody holds you to that. If Jason wants to come back in 2022 and start racing again, I'm welcome. And come on back, Jason Line. He's got a lot of fans. But Christian Quadra goes 002 against him. Like, these kids can flat drive. And Mason McGahey, 019. Like, these kids. Quadra's lights, 002, 018, 019. And loses to Kyle's 022. Kids can flat drive. They know where the bar is. And I think that's because of Erica Anders. I think Erica made... You got to be 020 or better, and and Jeg as well. But you got to be 020 or better, or you can't play. And everybody says, "Oh, okay," and that's what they're doing. It's kind of it's kind of surprising to me too how many people um, don't seem to put as much effort into that. You know, um, it's it's just such an important part of the race program. And I spoke to Warren Johnson a number of years ago, and I talked to him one on one in the trailer, and I said. I told him, I said, hey, man, I said, you really need to spend a little time on a practice tree. And his response, oh, I don't have time for that stupid. Da, da, da. And I said, Warren, I said, look, it's me and you, okay? I'm not calling you out in front of a crowd. I'm not, I said, but hear me out. You've lost six rounds this year on a whole shot. If you lost six rounds this year because the transmission broke, how much time would you spend fixing the transmission? Well, that's different. No, it's not. Right. It's a weakness in your program. And, you know, and it doesn't take 40 hours a week to fix. It takes 30 minutes a day to fix, maybe 15 minutes a day to fix. But you would at least, you would address it. If there was anything else that it cost you six rounds this year, you would address it. And the thing with a whole shot loss is that you never know, right? If you lose on a whole shot first round, well, that might be three rounds that you lost. Yes. Because had you won that first round, you've still got a chance to do something. And you just never know. And so that's, and I think, you know, I think Erica was, I, I really believe that she was the first to go start making adjustments to the car, doing different things to help doing it. And, you know, when you hear her talk about, you know, we readjusted my linkage because I was 016 last round and we needed more this time, or we made an adjustment because of, and that so many of the other teams don't do that. I think that, and again, if that is a weak part in your program, why wouldn't you address it? If if you had an ignition failure that cost you six races during the course of the year, how much time and money and effort would you spend fixing the ignition so that it didn't happen again? And when it's easily identifiable, you know, this is exactly why we lost. We should address how to shore up that part of the program. And you know, and and Warren and I love Warren. I'm not I'm not bad mouthing him, but you know, it's feels you know. Well, you get older, you're not as fast, you're, and that's simply not true. Well, it was a, a different. It was a different era, also like practice tree technology. Like like I've got a practice tree. Like back then, not everybody had a practice tree. Like they were practice trees were new. I I don't remember. I don't know who exactly created the first practice tree. I have my uh, Sam Biondo final round two practice tree that was purchased in like 1992 and I still love it um, early on, but they weren't quite as prevalent. It's it's a it's a, a wave of technology, but now we have apps that are practice tree. We can practice anywhere and so it's to be expected that the kids will do it. And also the the trend from like 
grumpy Bob Glidden, Warren Johnson, where I'm the driver and the chassis builder and the engine guy, and I do it all and I do everything, to the Greg Anderson, I'm the driver and engine builder, but I'm putting some people in places to handle their systems kind of thing to the now, like Erica's the driver and she does the other things, but she focuses on her part of it 100% and logs all that data knows what, when, and how, and how much, and there are other people that are handling handling these other systems. Um, that's how motorsports has changed, right? You, you can't be a one-man band anymore. You just can't. And she's a specialist, and she gets you on the starting line, and that's what she's done. And now if you want to compete, that's what you've got to do. And either you do or you don't. And, you know, there are guys out there trying to be the one-man band. And maybe they are qualifying and having fun, and it's cool, and they got some fans. They're not going to be a world champion. I mean, if your goal is just to come out and be a part of the show and to qualify, then great. But if your goal is to be a champion, you need to look at whatever the deficiency is in your program and you need to work on it. You know, if if your car is running two and a half miles an hour slower than the guys at the front of the back, well, you're down 100 horsepower. You need to work on that. And, you know, if whatever your deficiency is, and I say there's just, I think there's a lot of people that look at reaction time as just a thing that it is, and you know there's nothing we can do about it, and that's not true. It's like anything else. If you if you look in and you concentrate, whether it's changing the driver, whether it's changing the car, I was talking to uh, was I talking to? This? I don't even remember, but um, <laughs> they're talking about the big dollar bracket race stuff and the you know the focus and the things. And, you know, the biggest thing that you got to do when you're bracket racing is to concentrate on getting the signal. Put me full screen. There you go. Boop. Is to get the signal to go from here right straight to here. Okay? That's what you got to do. And when you get in trouble is when the signal goes here and then goes here, 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 here before it comes down here. That's when you get into trouble. And it's all about being focused on the task at hand and not letting anything else get in the way and the guys that are really really good at driving are able to pull in and shut off everything so that the signal goes from here to here without getting caught up in this whole jumble back here because that's where you get in trouble absolutely dealing with pressure sports psychologists will tell you that it is amazing by the way it is matt smith it is not angie smith that is out there watching and so we got to talk about matt and his championship and angie and all that but just uh final thoughts on pro stock and and uh erica and what she has done she will be on the show at some point we'll talk championship and of course race win um you know shout out to michael heiner who got that car fast towards the end of the year but uh in the end this is erica enders this is where she becomes the winningest or certainly the most championships for a lady racer and i didn't even think of it because she's got more championships than so many other racers but that is the stat where the girl that was in right on track who won a super gas race and went out there and was fighting and clawing for sponsorship and pro stock for so many years now becomes one of the greatest of all time in the NHRA with four championships doing it twice back to back and frankly is a favorite for next year. And she's not done yet. I mean, you know, it's it's not like she's you know 65 years old and thinking about hanging it up. Uh, she still has a lot of good years in front of her and she's got a really good team behind her. So I think as long as she really wants to do this, she's going to be competitive. And I think that it's just, you know, fuel for everybody else. Um, you know, the KB team doesn't like it. 
okay, your right. job is to stop them. You know, what's, and what, what Greg and Jason said, whenever we went to fuel injection 14 or 15 or whatever, when they were dominant, it's not our job to slow down. It's their job to speed up and catch us. And we're going to try to hold on to this advantage as long as we can. And we know that they're, sooner or later they're going to catch us, but that's their job. That's not our job. Well, the KB guys now are in a position where their job is to stop Erica and the rest of those cars over there coming out of the elite thing. And I, you know, I believe they're up for the task. They're certainly motivated. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the second summit car next year, because I believe it'll be out there. Uh, I don't know who's going to be behind the wheel, but I believe it'll be out there. And the only thing I can see, you know, I, Jason has, was pretty adamant about the fact that, you know, when I'm done, I'm done. I, I'm done. And the only thing I can see that might put him back behind the wheel is if they've got some R and D stuff or some things that, you know, they want to come out and test literally head to head in national event competition that he might climb back in and run a race or two. I don't see him coming back to be a blocker to be a third car. I don't see any of that, but I think that the, the engine guy and the competitive guy in him, if he's like, you know, see, I really think this would be something, but we need to test it. And we're not willing to potentially throw away a race with Greg's car or with whatever. Uh, maybe, I don't know. That's just, that is absolutely pure hundred percent speculation for me. And if it doesn't happen, you want to come back and know who the liar is. He's the liar. Dujanay says that a question is Erica Anders with her current resume Hall of Fame worthy? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. no question. You went four, four rings, four doing it back to back, which winning one is hard. Going back to back is super hard doing it twice. Like, absolutely. First ballot. We've got that kind of thing. Uh, Erica is in immediately. Um, and she's got a legion of fans. You know, for a couple of years, I wondered, you know, like, man, I felt like Erica should have more fans that follow her. Well, this year, I'm seeing it, that Erica moves the needle now. Like that most recent championship and everything that's happened with Erica, she has got a legion of fans, her own fans. So that is really uh, good stuff. I sent Matt Smith the link. So if Matt wants to jump on, Matt, you're welcome to, to surprise us. Just the unpredictable nature of WFO Radio. Matt Smith wins the championship. Eddie Krawick, the number one qualifier. So they went that route. They really had it set up as best as is possible. Angie against Matt, uh, excuse me, Angel against Matt first round and Andrew against Matt second round and Matt beats them both. Guess what? You get to be the champion when you do that, when you take down your competition and see them drawn before you. And and then Angie goes on to win the race. Like what a year it was for Matt Smith racing. And then Matt's bike dies on the starting line in the semifinals. Yeah. I mean, imagine how different the picture could have been if that happens in the first round. Yeah. And you know, I've I've said it at least the second half of the season. Matt has the fastest motorcycle out there on a regular basis and the most fragile. And if they can fix the fragile part of it, I mean, who knows how many races those guys could win. Um, you know, the semifinal was kind of interesting because it was Steve Johnson in the other way. And, you know, Matt, Matt Smith and Steve Johnson still are not getting together and having a margarita at the end of the day. And, you know, hey, you had a good day. Wish you luck. And when Matt's bike died the first time, and, you know, they're basically signaling over to Steve, you know, one second. And Steve was like, oh, he just rolled in, lit the second bulb. He's like, you know, I'm not getting paid to wait on you. You're not my friend. I don't know anything. Right. And then they were able to refire Matt's bike and he pulled in and stage and to think quit again. But, uh, you know, I think Steve, and, and I'm fine with it. I love, I love rivalries. I like the fact that, you know, not everybody loves each other out there. 
And so as soon as Steve won that round, Matt's focus to make sure that Steve didn't win the race, since he still had a motorcycle that was in, the fact that his wife was riding it was a bonus. But Matt, at that exact moment, I mean, it was like, you could see him just flip. There's no way he was going to let Steve win this race. And I think that's great because for the fans, pick a side. I don't care which side you're on, pick a side. I want you to care about who wins this race. And then Angie went out there and won the race. Hey, man. There he is. Speaking of which, let's ask him. Matt is hopefully not driving anything, and he is out there on us. What's up, champ? Congratulations. Hey, how are y'all doing? Real good, real good. Great, man. Not as good as you, but it gives us something to shoot for. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I got Angie driving right now, so uh, I've been watching your show and uh, just a fun show so far. Yes. Well, now we get... Wait a minute. Go ahead, Alan. You win the race, you got to drive the coach home? If she'd have known that, she'd have gone red second round. Oh, yeah. Well, we... We always drive our own coach, so uh, we're always uh, doing the driving, and me and Angie do all of it. How's it feel, Matt? Hey, let me let me just let me just throw this at you, and I just said it while you were hooking up, so I don't know if you heard it or didn't hear it. But after the semifinals, you know, obviously you and Steve aren't best friends, and I'm fine with that. You know, I think there should be rivalries out there. But after the semifinals, I said, and you can see from the tower that Matt went click. There is no way Steve is going to win this race. Whatever we got to do, I got a motorcycle still in. There's no way. Is that true? Yeah, you know, uh, we beat Steve out there last year in the finals. And uh, it was uh, actually we had the bike wrap for breast cancer awareness. So it was a black and pink bike. Denzo bike won that race last year. And I was going to make sure that Angie was going to win that race this year with a black and pink bike. Crazy season, right? I mean, all the different winners in Pro Stock Motorcycle, you had a dominant bike, but still only a couple of wins on the season. When when we went in to fire this thing off in, in Indy, did you see five or six different winners in Pro Stock Motorcycle? No, I didn't. Uh, I really thought that it would come down to our team and, and the Harley team, you know, the most. But uh, I knew what we found after Gainesville went home and got our engine dyno up and going. I knew when we found that on the dyno, what we found, I knew we were going to be pretty bad this year. And uh, we, uh, we're we probably going to be pretty good next year because we got a few more things up our sleeve. And, uh, you know, we were the fastest all year long. And uh, to be honest with you, I kind of messed up a little tuning at, at, at Vegas. I don't think Eddie would have been as close as he was, but he was. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're, we're still fast. We're going to be good. Very exciting. You know, Denzo coming on board. Uh, getting all the bikes into the Denso 200 mile per hour club, like I think that that's the stability that you guys needed over the years. You had been on this roller coaster ride with sponsorship and fast, but then you'd lose a sponsor. Just crazy stuff happened to you. I remember you going up the road chasing down an ECU uh, that was left on the side of the road. Just bizarre stuff happening to you guys, and. When you got that kind of stable relationship that enabled you to focus on so many things, and now look, Scotty Polachek able to pursue his dreams and get a win, Angie getting in on the action, and I think it all comes from that stability. Speak on how you've been able to focus more on making the bikes fast as, as far as sponsorships go. Yeah, you know, it seems like in 07 we won the championship, lost our sponsor. and 13 we won the championship, lost our sponsor. So... Uh, this year looks good. We've won the championship, and it looks like we still have our, our sponsor for next year, so it's all good. And uh, I think our biggest thing is, you know, all three of our bikes went 200 this year. We're the only bikes in the class to go 200. Um, all three riders won a race. We got Scotty's first race. We got Angie, our second race win ever. 
And uh, I'm excited for next year. And the number one thing that we're doing right now is we're, we're driving home. We are going to build two brand new bikes, one for me, one for Angie, with all brand new stuff on there. And we're going to get rid of all these little gremlins. And I can promise you that mine and her bike is going to be really stupid fast next year. That is exciting. Now, this does not count as your WFO winter view. We got to get you when you're not on the road. We'll talk champion, you and Angie together, because she won the race. So make that appointment for me. But thank you very much for popping on here, Matt. Congratulations. Big win. Thank you all. And I appreciate you having me on. And uh look forward to hearing the rest of your show. There he goes. Hey, wife, congratulations also, Matt. Yes, Chat give her soon. a big hug for us. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Will. All right. That's cool. And that's what WFO is all about, Alan Reinhardt. Like, man. They're, uh, they're on their way back. They're victorious. There's Wally in the back and a couple of little dogs and a family race team. Like, that's Matt and Angie. They do it all. Like, they live the deal. There is not – they are drag racers first. And uh, got to respect it. I, I do, 100%. And I, I also think that, you know, what he addressed right there at the end, we're going home. We're going to build two new bikes. We're putting brand new everything. We've got to get rid of these gremlins. And you know, you look at, you know, he's number one qualifier in Dallas. The bike won't start. He certainly looks like he's got the bike to beat in Houston. And apparently, it was a switch that went bad or a relay that killed the fuel pump took him out there. Uh, I'm not sure what it was on the starting line this last week, but he's, you know, if they can get rid of that stuff, uh, there's no telling how many races those guys could win because, as he said, they have got the fastest motorcycles in the, in the class right now. But what they've also done. And, you know, as if anybody needs it anymore, how motivated do you think they're going to be at Vance and Hines when, like, look, you know, Drew didn't win a race this year. Right. You know, Eddie won one, Angel won one. And when you go into, okay, here we come for the championship, we've got Matt surrounded, two shots at him head to head and couldn't beat him. You know, how motivated do you think they're going to be? when we hit the racetrack in Gainesville next year to try to make sure Matt doesn't have that performance advantage. And I think that, uh, I think that'll make pro stock motorcycle fun to watch next year. I think we also need to, you know, Steve Johnson deserves a tip of the cap Absolutely. for all that he's been through and, you know, trying to now do, do his own engines, do his own tuning, do his own stuff. And his bike has been solid. His bike has been more, much more consistent and he's a lot more of a contender now that he's been the last couple of years. He mentioned to me in Vegas that uh, the guys at MacRack that had been helping him out, uh, looked like real good possibility that that could turn into a bigger thing going forward. So if that's the case, you know, if he gets a little more funding, a little more stability on, you know, the financial side of his program, then I think uh, I think he's going to end up back in contender mode. And I think he's good for the class. I think, you know, his personality is a little over the top sometimes, but great. That's that's better than I'm a good guy and my sponsors work hard. And I also think that you know the fact that he and Matt don't care for each other is good for the class. You know when. When those two faced off in the semifinals, I think most people probably had a favorite. After what happened in the semis, when Steve was racing Angie in the final, I don't believe there's a person on the planet that didn't want to see somebody win and somebody get their butt kicked. And I'm all for it. I don't care which side you're on. I just want you to pick a side. I want you to care about what you're watching, not just look at it as, okay, there's two motorcycles going down the racetrack. So. I hope uh, I hope everything works out for Steve in a very positive way to uh, help enhance his program and that he comes back stronger than ever. And, you know, for Jerry Savoie, I mean, what happened? You know, the, the win in Dallas, which apparently now is an annual occurrence like it used to be. Karen in Houston was an annual occurrence. But, uh, you know, they they really slowed down 
this year. And I think that, uh, you know, Tim Kalungin is going to be motivated to figure out where they went wrong and try to get them back as well. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes, like, for instance, Marvin Rodak from RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com asked me to ask Matt, like, what did you find on the dyno? We'll talk to Matt about the championship in depth. Like, what is the odds of him answering that question? Well, actually, we found that if we change this and this and this, we can make 10 more horsepower uh, or two more horsepower. There's zero chance of him asking that question. But I think Marvin... Uh, knows that. Um, very interesting. Very cool that Matt and Angie would uh, would come in live, and that's what WFO is all about, right? Like you just never know who's out there watching or listening, and also uh, willing to jump on the show at any second. And so there it is. Tip of the cap to Scotty Polachek, also for getting his first win on the season. Great year, and most importantly, we got it in, baby. We got it in. Yeah. Other winners: Megan Meyer wins a championship. And is retiring. Linger, linger, yes. Yeah. Linger. I haven't been yelled at yet. I hear that happens though. Her social yeah, media but, accounts haven't been changed yet. Just saying, Megan. Well, you know, <laughs> she yelled she yelled at Brian and included me, and I'm not the one that messed it up. I it, heard geez. I heard Come all on. about it. What what I heard it was uh she called him to the carpet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, anybody that doesn't know the story, Me- Megan got married the weekend of Houston and came back and this was going to be her final race in the car she wanted to go out as a champion and she did and uh brian was doing a qualifying session on saturday night while i was in the tv truck doing some stuff and referred to her as megan meyer and she wished to be referred to as megan meyer linger lingner which is obviously her married name hyphenated and uh so she went on social media and basically, you know, yelled at Brian and excoriated him, him. And, and whatever it was and, and included me. Why would you tag me? I'm not the one that screwed it up. So uh, and then she ended up she ended up winning the race, which locked up the championship again in just an incredible fashion um, as far as what was going on on the other side of the ladder. And for Sean Cowie, I mean, you know, heartbreak again. You know, he, he ends up losing the semifinal to Joey on a whole shot. Joey blows the motor up, doesn't have the parts to return. Sean Cowie loaned them an engine. It was mad thrash time in the pits to get the thing together. And then they come out. Joey's got a tremendous starting line advantage. Megan just, I I don't know what happened to her, but she was dead late. And the race should have been over. Uh, Joey's car sounded like it didn't shift. And his goes silent. She drives by and and she gets the win. But, you know, it's for just an idea of like how important it was. Joey Severance is a Jamie Noonan guy, and he is, you know, gets a lot of support from Jamie, and he's basically the factory experimenting car. He's, you know, 100% Jamie Noonan guy. Well, when they hurt that motor, for him to put a Brad Anderson engine in the car to go out and try to win the race, which would have kept Cowie in the hunt. You know, Megan was going to be in the point lead, but Sean still could have come back and won this coming weekend and taken it over if Megan had got beaten in the final. But, you know, that is akin to Rick Hendrick borrowing an engine from Joe Gibbs. I mean, it's that big a deal because, you know, we have to put something in the car and go try to make this happen. And, you know, heartbreak for Sean and, and, you know, Megan obviously was thrilled and wish her and her husband the best. Uh, We're certainly going to miss her on the racetrack, but uh, it's not like it's not like Randy and the cars are going anywhere. So uh, somebody's going to have to still deal with them next year. Right, exactly. And uh, she's been so great for the sport. Did her first interview on WFO Radio, now two-time champ. And uh, it's, uh, you know, go out there and live a little life and have a little fun and maybe start a family. And then 
once the freshness of all that wears off, she'll be back. You'll be back. You'll be back, Megan. I'm making the call right now. Sean Bellamere wins top alcohol funny car. So, you know, didn't win the championship again, but, uh, you know, shaking his fist on the way out with another victory. Yeah, and he raced, he raced Doug head to head in the semifinals and, and got the win there and then beat Bob McCosh in the final. And, you know, Bob, the first time he'd been in the final, had a chance to win. And it really had a pretty good car. I think uh, Alcohol Funny Car is going to be fun next year. But I think, you know, Sean and, and Tony and, and Steve are going to be back with a vengeance trying to get the number one back. And Sean in the top end interview was, you know, he said, hey, look, he said, talking about Doug, he said, those guys deserved it. They worked hard. They raced hard. They did a great job. And he said, they deserved it. We're going to come back next year and try to kick their tails. So, uh, you know, that's that's what racing should be all about. And they both of the teams had a great season. Uh, you know, for all that the, the Gordon family has been through, uh, you know, coming so close so many times and doing and and I just love the dynamic. You know, when they're out there in Vegas, for Doug, his mom is there, his dad is there, his wife is there, his daughters are there, and they're all pitching in and making it happen. Um, and that's just it's it's a cool story. Absolutely, E three spark plugs pro mods Stevie fast. Back-to-back championships. Wow. Well, the pro moderation was ridiculous. You know, the there were 11 cars that came out here. Uh, you know, a number of the cars, uh, like Ricky Smith, for instance, and uh, like he's done in years past. If he's not in the championship, he doesn't care. And so he just didn't come. Uh, you know, it's a, obviously it's a long way to go from North Carolina to come all the way out to Vegas. And, and if you know you're not going to win the championship, yeah, so he didn't come. But the way the ladder shook out, Stevie Fast and Brandon Snyder – in the second round, ran head-to-head, winner-take-all for the championship. Steve won the race by four thousandths of a second. Championship over. So then it puts him with a semifinal bye in, a, in an odd ladder. The last three cars were all the Bahrain One team. Justin Bond, Khaled Al-Belushi, winner would race Stevie Fast. Justin Bond and Khaled Al-Belushi with their pro-charge cars had a race that was decided by 0, zero, zero 6 there were one thou apart in reaction time. There were one thou apart in elapsed time, less than a thou at the strike. And then they come back in the final round, and that one came down to thousands of a second. And Stevie won the race. And you know, one of one of the real interesting things I think for me, um, after after it was over with, you know, the three Bahrain one cars being in the semifinals, um, Sheikh Abdullah called me yesterday, and he said, I "Just wanted to say thank you. Please pass on to your team and everybody that does this." It, it means a lot to the royal family, to the people of our country that we're happy to be involved and we're, and please tell everybody that we appreciate everything they do and chit chat a little bit about the program. And you know, it's not just that, you know, hey, you know, we've got a lot of money in like cars, but the, the you know, business friendly Bahrain, uh, the, you know, trying to raise awareness that for American companies that want to get involved in the Middle East, that is a pathway. Uh, to come over and get your foot in the door and get started. He said it's been, you know, a good program. And, and But he was very gracious and a uh, very nice gentleman. First time I've spoken to him. I uh, hope to get to meet him face-to-face one day. But uh, he was, you know, very proud of all of his teams and all the stuff and was very appreciative of what everything that NHRA had done. I'm, I'm proud that he reached out to me to share that. Yes. No, that is, that's big. And it's easy to think that, you know, there's a logo on the side of a car and somebody's stroking a check, but they're putting a lot into it and it's meaningful when they do it. And so uh, it's great that he did that though. And that's the other side of the coin is uh, you're very passionate about what you do and you try to do a good job. So you should be commended when you do a good job. I want to focus in on Stevie Fast versus Jim Whiteley first round real quick. If we can, mm-hmm. as I understand it, Stevie is the tuner for Jim's car, 
right? Is that relationship still ongoing? Like he tuned yeah. him. I mean, Steve, Steve is a consultant. Uh, you know, Phil Schuler, who works for Stevie Fast, is basically uh, the hands-on tuner for Jim Wynn. But uh, yes, so there, there is a involvement there. They have to race each other first round. And if Jim mm-hmm. beats Stevie, then Brandon is the champ. And so mm-hmm. Jim Whiteley is 005, 78-0. Stevie gets around with an 011, 77-0. So right. to me, like that, Jim Whiteley and Steve with con- consulting against himself, against himself, put together a tune-up that, he had to he had to beat it and he beat it. Like to me, that's what's well, awesome about it. Do you remember what it says on Brandon Snyder's door? Not off the top of my head. J and A Services. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Whiteley sponsored Brandon Snyder to keep him out here when, you know, his his AAP deal went away. And so, you know, Jim was trying to protect his guy as much as he was trying to beat the guy that helps him. And one thing about Stevie, you know, he does a lot of consulting whether it's big tire, small tire, outlaw, you know, RVW. And it's interesting because there've been a couple of times when, you know, Steve Jackson has been working on whoever's car. Okay. Steve Jackson is, is helping Joe Costello and Billy Stockton. Billy Stockton is the guy that basically takes care of Steve's car as far as the tune-ups and making the calls and stuff. And there have literally been times when, when Billy Stockton has gone to Steve and said, I'm going to need your help. Because you've got Joe running better than I've got you running. So if we're going to win this race, I'm going to need your help. (laughs) To beat you. you. If you're you're paying Stevie to help make your car fast, he's going to do everything he can to make your car fast. Then he's going to go out there and try to beat you. But, you know, he's not going to go over and, you know, put a timing light tune up on you or whatever, you know, where you go, let's just take a couple of degrees of timing out and he'll slow down and I'll be fine. Uh, But that's just, you know, the mentality. The reason that Steve has been successful, you know, coming from, you know, basically nothing. I mean, he's not a big money guy or any of that kind of stuff. Started out grudge racing at the small tracks and has been able to put together the programming as had a tool is truck. because he's, he's got integrity. You know, if, if you pay him to do a job, he's going to come over and do the best job. And if you're paying him and your goal is to beat him, he's still going to do the best job he can. Then he's going to go try to beat you. But uh, I think that's, you know, where a lot of his success has come from is just the fact that you know, he's doing everything he can to help Jim Whiteley win the race. And then he gets in his car and does everything he can to stop Jim Whiteley from winning the race. But the the side by side racing in the in the Pro Mod series was, I mean, it was equal to or better than anything that was on the racetrack all weekend. Amazing stuff! Congratulations to Stevie. We'll try to connect with him during the off season, and that's what having a half a year of uh, winter break is going to be about. We'll speak with Stevie. Jay Turner winning Top Fuel Harley. Aaron Stanfield winning again in Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown. That's five in a ra- uh, five in a row for uh, Aaron. And I know the Fords aren't there, but anybody that wins five in a row anything is doing something really good. I hope we can get things dialed in next year to bring back those CJs and see what's up with that. Uh, The Summit Series champions, Devin Eisenhower, who has won Indy and has been a champ. He goes on and becomes a Summit ET Series champ. Don DePeel, Jeff Heffler, John McLaughlin, uh, the rest of the Lucas Oil Series. Cody Lane wins comp. Love those guys because they got those electric cars, and it's been pretty amazing, but they know how to do it with the gas, obviously. Uh, Terry Emmons wins Super Stock. Justin Lamb in Stock. Marco Paravalaris in Super Comp. Uh, Mike Boehner in Super Gas. Don Mazier, Top Sportsman. Bradley Johnson, Top Dragster. Uh, any other thoughts? I know we had some championships decided, and we have some championships that are going off to this weekend, which is why you are still in Vegas. 
Yeah, there are a couple of them. Um, you know, with the last, we we have to finish up the uh, the sports nationals that got blown out the week before the nationals. Uh, but Brad Johnson, with his win in top dragster, uh, he's in the driver's seat now. He is still in in the sports nationals, and if he wins the race on Thursday, he can lock out everybody else and win the Vortex Superchargers top dragster overall title. You know, Justin Lamb is still alive in stock eliminator with his big win. That certainly didn't hurt him. But Jody Lang is in the is in really in command there. He is also still in in the sports nationals. And if Jody wins the sports nationals or knocks down a couple more rounds there, he can lock everybody else out. Um, you know, super gas fill up for grabs. So we've got a few titles to determine and uh, not quite ready to put the whole season to bed yet. But uh, it should be it should be a good weekend. You know, typically speaking, we'll have 600 cars or so this weekend. Unfortunately. As my understanding, and you can double check with the racetrack on this, but I'm, I don't believe that uh, that they're going to be allowed to have fans in the stadium this week for the race. I think it's going to be a participant-only event, but it will be streamed, so you can find it. Uh, you can certainly find it. Thank you, Warren Evans, if he's the guy doing it. Alan, great job. Yeah. Any uh, final? Well, yeah, he's been he's been a godsend to those of us who enjoy watching drag racing on the stream. Uh, final thoughts, Alan, as we get ready before we ask you to give us a tour of the Days Inn that you're at. Um, no offense, Days Inn, but uh, it's even worse than the Days Inn. It's like some back alley Vegas. Like you could stay there for a week for like $30 or something. Um, but final thoughts on the racing, on the action, on the track, Jeff Foster, any, anything that comes to mind as we uh, get ready to part ways? No, not really. Just that, you know, this this race passed my, you know, one question was it a good race test? If this was the first time you came to an NHRA event, you're coming back. There's no doubt about it. Uh, if, if this was the first time you've witnessed in person an NHRA event, you went, eh, then, okay, thanks for giving us a shot, but we don't have anything for it. It was just one of those races. We had great action. We had great drama. Um, we had, you know, more excitement than we needed with uh, Blake Alexander blowing the body off of Jim Head's car. Yes. Um, so, you know, there was a little something for everybody. And uh, at the end of the day, we crowned all the champions when the sun was still up. And, and you know, we move on to this weekend and then we'll close the season. But that was just a tremendous race. And the effort that was put forth by everybody, and I'm talking about the track staff and the National Hot Rod Association, to get the approval from the Nevada state and the Nevada local authorities to let us put fans in there, even though, you know, we weren't we weren't allowed to fill the place, but we were allowed to come out and put fans in the stadium. Uh, first time it's happened in Nevada. Pretty proud to be part of that. Uh, it was just it was it was a really good race, top to bottom. Excellent stuff. All right, show us the back alley dumpster, Reinhardt. This is where Reinhardt stays, folks. Look at this. He's in Vegas, of course. He's a Vegas guy. I'm a Vegas guy. Let's see. Reinhardt. We had to darken the room because I'm it was going just full so screen. Very spooky. He's taking us over. This is where the. Oh, wouldn't it be crazy if it's stepping out on the balcony? Oh, there's a balcony. Say what? Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Let me get this off of there. We're going to be able to see the Bellagio Fountain Show. Yeah, your audio is uh, not good, but we don't need to see it. They're next to the Bellagio where I got married once upon a time. I still got my earpieces in. What do you mean my audio? Oh, yeah, it was it was acting weird. Look at that. That is just a beautiful and fantastic view. Yeah. It's pretty good. That's the Cosmopolitan. I recommend the Cosmo if you need a couple of days to relax or kick back or you just need to get away from uh, whatever's going on in your life. It's, yeah. Uh, All right, let's see the bathroom now. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Which uh, which one? Because I've actually got a couple of them. Oh, so. really? That's a pretty fancy place there, Alan Reinhardt. I like it. I like it. Um, no, I love Vegas, man. And how's Vegas? Just so, you know, since, you know, the city of Vegas, because that's a whole different subject with me. I love Vegas so much. I don't know where my little Vegas sign went, but tell me about it. It's, you know, it's it's good. I haven't uh, I haven't spent actually I haven't spent any time um, really in casinos, um, but it's definitely, you know, the crowds are down a little bit, which means if you want to take a walk, if you want to go down the sidewalk, if you want to just kind of go out and check things out. Uh, it's not nearly as crowded as it is normally, but uh, it's uh, it's still Vegas. I love it. I love it. Well, all right. Good luck this weekend, the final race of the 2020 season. Thank you very much for coming on the show. And we go through the offseason with WFO. There will still be plenty to talk about, maybe not quite as long. Oh, yeah. But there will be news and things and silly season and changes being made and surprises. And we'll cover them all on WFO. Alan, great job as usual. Thank you very much. Joe, always a pleasure. And uh, as always, if anybody has a question, comment, you want to get in touch with me, announcer at NHRA.com. That'll come to me. There you go. All right, Alan, have fun out there. Thanks, Joe. Be well. There he goes. NHRA's Alan Reinhardt with us here on WFO Radio. How about that? Just super exciting. All right, a couple of things. I want to address a couple of things. Put your final comments or thoughts or whatever you have to say in the comment section and uh, we'll put them up like Vegas during Halloween was interesting. Of course it is. It's amazing. Hey, I want to give credit to uh, the Bo Force one, Bo and Randy Lynn. Like maybe this was the best ever. The The car looked so good as Air Force One. That was a very good scheme, good costume for Bo and Randy Lynn and the costumes in general. I'm glad that tradition was able to continue. Now, obviously, I was bummed I was not there, but what are you going to do? I enjoyed it from here, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to get past this whole deal. Uh, nice wrap up. Thanks. Thank you for viewing. Um, Derek has been asking about KMAC and uh, a series that he's teasing, and I got no information on that, Derek. And so we'll attack that in the future. I don't want to go down some rabbit hole about something that I don't know exactly what it is. And maybe Alan doesn't know. We don't know about some other subject when we have so many weeks of content to fill in the near future. And uh, as soon as I know, you know, we'll talk about it as Patreons on the Patreon show, of course. And uh, whatever it is, though, we will attack. It's just about the timing. Like to me, this is the time to talk about the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series Champions and race winners at the Dodge NHRA finals presented by Panzoil. And I was just thrilled at the season that I saw. Uh, Erica winning the championship. She has done so well for herself in a very challenging situation. And to go out and win four championships with this team. And what can you say about E? It's like, is it E or is it E.E.? Or is it EFE, if you know what I'm talking about? Because she has been so strong over the past couple of years. And to Jason Line and Jed Coughlin and Bo Butner, who are retired from full-time points racing, thank you to you guys. Like, what an amazing career you have had. Jason coming in, Jed coming in. I'm a big Warren Johnson fan back in the day. But when Jed came in, I thought, man, this guy's a sportsman racer like me. I'm a bracket racer, and I've raced, like, Jeg raced at the five-day, and I raced at the five-day, and it's like, it's almost like a guy like me can go out there and compete in pro stock. And Jeg to win five championships and have such great success, you know, you, you don't call him the natural for nothing. And for Bo, 
Remember, Bo Butner and Randy Lynn with Nitro Fish Racing have been extremely helpful to WFO Radio, whether it be just ordering the face masks originally. Like, Randy Lynn is like, hey, do you think these face masks are going to be a thing? And I was like, yeah, I think they're going to be a thing for a long time. And next thing you know, I got face masks showing up, and you can have one for $10, shipping included, WFO Radio stickers included. Go to the website, WFORadio.com, click the WFO store, and order your face covering for the winter, man. They're coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. And get in on the WFO universe so you can promote the show. And I was honored and humbled. So many people were texting, uh, tweeting photographs of themselves wearing the WFO radio mask out there in, uh, in Vegas. And, uh, you know, Stephen Leslie, who are Patreons, they're VIPs, and uh, Santino texting a picture, tweeting a picture in his WFO face covering, and just so many people out there in Vegas rocking the face coverings. I really appreciate it. I keep mentioning these Patreons, right? This is the VIP show. Patreon.com slash WFO radio. They get Monday motivation. When I get depressed and sad, I go in there and record shows for them. Uh, It is great. They get to know all the super behind-the-scenes stuff that is going on. Not so much in NHRA, but in WFO. Like the day that I decide to pack it all in and just retire from this gig and head out into the great beyond and walk the earth like Kane and Kung Fu and no longer do WFO and just leave everybody in a mystery, they get to know. They get to know because they support the show on a monthly basis. Thank you guys for doing that. Again, put your final comments in the comments section. Because I got to run because we got Judson Massengill getting ready to be on Hidden Horsepower here in a little bit. From samtech.edu, which is going to be great. I'm super excited. But if you want to be in this field, if you want a career, samtech.edu, they get you started off right. And they teach you how to machine racing engines so that you can become a future customer of Total Zeal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. You see how it all works? When you're part of the WFO universe, not only are you promoted to this vast and wonderful audience that includes great champion race car drivers and race bike drivers that are on their way home. Congratulations, guys. You did great. But also, you know, I try my best to have everybody work together and benefit, like Marvin Rodak and RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com and the hot sauces and the spice rubs and everything that's so good. Fort Worth, Texas, order yourself one of those Primo grills. Call Marvin, 817-924-6821, get a little coffee. And Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Did I mention that the November 20th Dragster Adventure has been canceled? Canceled. It's not happening, but they will be back in March. And it will be great. And Frank and Lana have been tremendous. And the idea, I'm going to have to lean on them for the story with Tony Stewart. How about that, what we just found out? Alan Reinhardt revealing all kinds of great information. What was the most important information that Reinhardt revealed in that first five minutes of the show? Let's see. Tony Stewart watches WFO. And then some other stuff. He said some other things that were slightly less important to me. No, Leah's out there checking out WFO. And Tony is there, too. And Tony checked out the show, and that's great. But I want to see Tony Stewart drive a top-fuel dragster because he's driven a Formula One car, and he's driven Indy cars, and he's driven sprint cars, and he's driven stock cars, and he's driven everything, and he's won an Indy car championship. And you know, I'd like to get his vibe on it. Like, okay. What's it like? Compare it. Contrast it. How does it feel? Is it amazing? Is it as amazing as everybody says? Krista Baldwin, when she was on a few weeks ago, she said it was the most amazing experience of her life. By the way, the Greek. Oh, man, the Greek. That's it? 
one of those people that you just like I know him very like a little bit because I don't want to bother him. Like, oh man, there's the Greek. Wow. But what a career. A guy that my dad started watching his career. And I get to see it, it conclude live. Like, been at his races. Had a WFO sticker on the nose of that car for a long time. Thank you, Chris. Really appreciate it. Another Emmons getting a victory. Some championships yet to be decided. Allen also said some stuff talking a little bit about Eric. And that the investigation still goes on. And... I just want to reiterate and advance the the context of it a little bit. Really going to need some more information because the idea that my friend went out and was in the street doesn't compute. So we'll see. All right, final chance to put final comments in the comment section. And I see everybody's all amped up. You know this show is totally apolitical. We are apolitical on WFO Radio. Like, you got your politics, and I got my politics, and we all got our politics because we're responsible Americans, of course. And I'm an issues guy. But none of those issues have to come to the forefront on this show because this is a zone that is free of all of that stuff. But when it is Election Day and WFO is on, of course I'm going to encourage everybody to go out there and be a part of the conversation because we need you. Be a part of it. We need you because everyone's there's disagreements. And what is best is when the disagreements are decided like what do you think about this what do you think about this well i don't know well there's this many that think yes and this many that think no and it's totally lopsided one way or another well there it is problem solved that's democracy that's what we do i like it better when i turn it so use your voice that's all i say and whatever the result and i said it last time and i'll say it again and i'll say it again forever whatever the result there's going to be respect there's going to be respect and there's going to be disagreement. Like Alan just said, like the best tell of friendship is when you can strongly disagree and never have to worry about your friendship because you know, and you can really get hot because you know, you know that your friendship is strong and that's how it should be in this country. And that's how I am. And that's how my friends are. And that's how we do. And so go vote, go do your thing. Let's see. We want smoke. We want smoke. And you know what else we want? Fire! That's right. Jet car's out there. I was very disappointed. Oh, man, there's jets out there and I'm not there. Bummer, man. Let's see. Monica, a world without WFO would be not girl, not good. Yes, it would be a post-apocalyptic wasteland, Monica, is what it would be. The world without the WFO universe would be, a, would be like the Terminator when the machines take over. Greg Scott says, face masks are great and high quality. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you very much for supporting our show with the face masks. I know there are a lot of people that watch the show every day, three times a week for free, and never support the sponsors and never get the face mask, but you have, sir. Thank you for that. That's guilt, guys. It works. I love Vegas. Also, my favorite race to go to. Yes, it is. And that's why it was so sad, because they're still out there, man. They're still having fun. Crazy happy hours for the winter. We all heard it. Yes, I plan on having some crazy happy hours for the winter. And I will say, uh, while we still have some some people on there, because they all check out after Reinhardt, they don't want to see me and my Uncle Sam hat, but what they, they do need to know is that this show continues. I do not stop the show. This is when we pick up the viewers and the listeners, because a lot of people check out and go on vacation, and I'm not going to do that. 
We're going to keep entertaining. The days might be different. Like maybe I'll do Fridays on some days. Like every other week, we'll do a Friday for a happy hour. Or maybe I'll go get a job at a used car lot and I won't be able to do any of it. Like anything is possible. Anything is possible. So just stay tuned. Stay logged on to WFO Radio. What do you think about that used car lot job? You know, you want to buy this car? You want to buy this car? Take it, you know, take your face and put it in the hood. You're going to buy this car? Nobody gets my joke. James Kraft, I mean, technically, a top fueler is an open wheeler. Technically, that is true. And Tony has accelerated straight and very fast. But he's got a, it's a glaring hole in his, I'll drive anything resume. First place I ever voted when I was old enough was in Hollywood, Florida. Yes, me too. That's where I registered. And uh, voted by mail this time, like three weeks ago. And our Florida mail vote is the pride of the nation. We have the best by far. I missed fire. Yeah, me too. What are you going to do? Go see Bo. Simple as that. All right, everybody. That is going to do it. WFO, I really appreciate Alan Reinhardt and all of you. The season is over. We've got winter views. Matt Smith's winter view did not count. Okay, Matt. We got to do an in-depth breakdown where I'm bringing up situational moments. And Angie, Angie's going to be on the show. You do not have to be on the show together. I don't think Angie likes being on the show at the same time as Matt. I think Angie likes to be the, you know, she deserves to be the center of attention. And I am so excited for Angie. I don't know that there's anyone that has worked harder and paid more dues. And I know she did get a win in New England a couple of years ago, but like I'd like to see a three, four win season for Angie. What I'd like to see. But she's she's got fans, and that's part of my thing. Is we need people with big fan bases to win, so that those fan bases can be excited and grow. That's what will be good for the sport. And obviously, Matt Hagen, Stevo, get the champs and the race winners, Antron. Now I think we have stuff going on tomorrow 4 p.m eastern time but i really don't know what it is not yet let's see oh look we got matt 4 p.m this wednesday matt hagan 4 p.m wednesday be here and the archive is loaded we got an ignition show out there go check out the ignition show the ignition show is in the archive Had a lot of fun. WFO Radio Fantasy League coming down to the wire. One race to go. Whose name will go on that trophy there? That is the question. A -a one-of-a-kind work of art by Tom Patsis with parts from Hendrick Motorsports, Penske, and Don Schumacher Racing. Oh, yes. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time right here on WFO Radio. WFO! I love WFO Radio. Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a show. And don't forget to write a review. WFO.